Welcome to Cover 3, you, the college football degenerates. We are here recording this podcast on Wednesday evening at approximately 4.37 p.m. We first want to ask all of our listeners, before you uh, continue listening, take a moment, rate us, subscribe to us on any podcast platform you utilize to listen to this. Um, Any uh, support would be appreciated, even if it's bad support. Yeah, anything. (laughs) <laughs> anything at all you can <laughs> you can even follow us uh on twitter at cover the number three you the number one um but i'm here with pat the irish fan how are we doing today pat good man just enjoying another 10 win season um ready to rock and roll this afternoon yep and uh i'm your hokey fan jameson we're without the wolverine fan once again phil is he returning we got to get him back around bowl season I, I think what we need to do is essentially kidnap him. Yeah, we'll get him back in here for the bowl games. I'm thinking um, we'll do the bowl ga- games, and you want to just do one long podcast? Now? Yeah, I'm thinking that's the way to do it. I don't know if all the spreads will be out. Yeah, they should be out once they, once the games get announced. So we, we'll, we'll evaluate and anyway. we'll see what makes sense. But I but, think what we need to do with Phil, do you have access to a taser? <laughs> I think we just need to persuade him with alcohol and booze and a good time. Or we just tase him, right? And then throw him in the trunk of a car with a sheet over him and then bring him here. Yeah. And then we could tell his wife as we're kidnapping him in the van that we'll have him back by dinner. Yeah. Like exactly. an old like an like old, an old school. school. Right. <laughs> right. We'll have him back by dinner. <laughs> All right. Well, before we do that, we got to recap the final week of the regular season. Damn, I, the season flew by. Yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, my Hokies lost uh, fifteen years of beating our rival Virginia uh, comes to an end. But I'm now that it's been what four days removed from the game. Yeah, five days. Five days. Yeah, I'm in a pretty good mood. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain why once we talk about that game a little more. Um, but uh, before we do that, we'll recap some of the other games and we'll go over our uh, wager updates here. So wherever those are at, let me see here. Um, last week, Pat, you win again. Feeling good, man. Yeah, you're making a little push, little by little, to get to that 500 mark. You went 5-1 and one last week. Good job. Thank you. Uh, that's still, you're still in last place overall. 71 wins, 85 losses, and two pushes. But you're creeping back up to 500. You know, you're 14 games away from 500. You can easily make that up through conference championship week in the bowl season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil was dead last last week. He uh, went one and three. Um, He's 70 and 69 overall. So he's just one win over the 500 mark. So he's starting to trend trend it backwards a little bit. And then – I'm your overall leader for the season, but I went two and four last week. So I'm losing my lead little by little, but I am still you're well, good, well over 500. I'm at 83 wins, 66 losses, and two pushes. Yeah, so you're in good shape. I, I can, I'm playing with house money a little bit here. Oh, yeah. For the rest of the year. Um, but good use job. Some, use some of that house money to buy that fucking taser. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How much do those run? I don't know. I think we can get one pretty cheap on the black market. I'm sure it's pretty expensive. But let's let's recap. <laughs> um, let's recap. Uh, um, you talking about buying a taser. You know what I, I particularly <laughs> – way off topic. Something you can get on Amazon. It's smelling salts. Uh, I had a buddy go to a tech game with me this year. And he whipped out smelling salts in the middle of the game, and he and I took a whiff of it during the uh, Wake Forest game. And I tell you what, talking about getting amped for a football game, try doing smelling salts before you watch. I don't recommend our <laughs> listeners or listeners. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's healthy. Eat them? Yeah, eat them? I, yeah, no, don't I don't eat. eat. I'm not going to eat them. No, I'm just Jeez, saying there's some people. Good God, yeah, people do that? Yeah, yeah, and then they walk around naked, and then they end up. Fucking oh, fighting people. No, I, I just took a whiff of one. I, or uh, is it bath salts that people would eat? That's bath salts. Yeah. Well, that's I'm way sure off topic. if you would eat smelling salts, you'd have I, the same impact. I have a, a buddy who's a personal trainer. He uses it for big lifts on occasion, and he brought some to the game. And I don't think I've done smell smelling salts since football, when I played football. And uh, it was just kind of kind of off topic there. You talked about 
the things you can buy on Amazon is what I'm getting getting right. at. You could probably buy a taser on Amazon. You can buy smell. You can buy anything on Amazon. That oh, is yeah. the black market. I feel like, but I have been tased once as part of a really uh, yeah as part of a scavenger hunt back in the day. Yeah, we had to pick up a piece of roadkill. We had to. Uh, was it you that was with me during Apple Blossom? And we put that shock. We were in high school and we'd been drinking. We put that dog we shock were, collar around her leg or something and crossed over the we fence. We were on vacation with your family when we did that. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. We were on vacation. No, with I think your that family. was a different story. We're getting way off topic uh, hey. here. Anyways, um, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's recap. Some of the games that last was that, week. That, while we're on that topic, that was the vacation where I got hit in the face with a wave, drunk off my ass, and then ended up throwing up, and people were getting their kids out of the water. It was, yeah. I led a football. I was, we were throwing football, and I led you right, in, right into a wave. That's a good story. Yeah. So um, anyway, let's get back on topic. Yeah, way off topic there. Uh, last week, let's, let's recap a couple games. We, we don't have a ton of games. It is conference championship week this weekend, so we'll probably spend a little more time recapping the games. Uh, and just kind of the overall season a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree. So let's start off with your Irish. How, how did you feel about your Irish uh, winning that uh, matchup against Stanford? It was week? a 4 o'clock kick Eastern time, which means it was a 1 o'clock kick out in Palo Alto, California. Uh, against Stanford, who's not very good. It was a sleepy, sleepy, sleepy start for the Irish. They were down, I think, 17-7 to in the first quarter. And then they turned it on, and they kicked the shit out of them. Yeah. So, you know, ended up winning, what, 45-24? 45-24 was your final. Um, Covered the 16-and-a-half. They, um, they did cover. They finished with 10 wins, and now they certainly have to be in conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl um, I've seen bold projections where they have Notre Dame in the New Year Six. I've seen some where they don't have them. They have them in the Camping Ward Bowl. It's still Either, a good bowl. Which is a, it's a Tier 1 yeah. bowl outside the New Year Six. It's like the top – there's like five bowls that are and, like – And frankly, I think that's where they deserve to be this year. Um, you know, you, you look back at their year, and it was kind of a weird year. Um, you know, the Michigan game, I mean, Michigan just – flat out took it to them in that monsoon and they couldn't necessarily do anything that was a game plan issue i think um offensively they made a few mistakes beat themselves in that game uh but they played so well against georgia okay their other loss was georgia and they played really well in that game so now you're looking at two losses against two ranked teams one which they played really well against Mm -hmm. in georgia who may be in the playoff and one they just looked abysmal I think that 10-2 and two record with that resume, as much as it pains me to say it, because I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan, yeah. you know that. I, I, I would not complain if they're in a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I wouldn't either. Uh, you know, from an, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, you know, if I were not a Notre Dame fan, I could see that. But I think if they end up in the Camping World Bowl – um, I, I don't you think can't, you, can, you, you can't complain about that you either. You cannot complain about it one bit. You didn't take care of business in two of your biggest games of the year, and um, and, yeah, and that's, and that's a still gr- that's a, that's that's one of the top you know four or five bowls outside the New Year Six, along with like the Citrus Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Camping Ward Bowl. That's up there mm-hmm. outside the New Year Six. So, you so yeah, I mean, there th- I've seen them with playing Texas or playing Oklahoma State. I think either one of those two games would be. Pretty entertaining. Yeah, and, I, and, and you probably have a better chance. Let's be honest, you probably have a better chance to win the Camping World Bowl, too. So from if you look at – if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you get in the Camping World Bowl, don't be upset. That's a great bowl game, and you're going to have a better chance to win the bowl game. And, mm-hmm. and I think a win after a bowl game – some people underestimate how big a win to close out the season can be in a bowl game. I think it's a huge advantage you, going You look back to the 2016 – I think it was the – what was the – maybe it was the Camping World Bowl where they played LSU. When Notre Dame played LSU. Maybe it was the Citrus Bowl. And, um, you know, they they came back and they won that game in – excuse me, it was 2017 uh, to get to 10 wins. They finished the regular season 9-3. and three. They ended up going 10-3. and three. And that propelled them in 2018 to do what they did – and go 12-0 and and make it into the playoff. Yep. So, I don't know if it necessarily propelled them, but that was kind of the coming out party for Ian Book. 
Yeah, and he, he, he threw four touchdown passes in that win against Stanford. So Notre Dame ends on a high note. Either way, they're going to a solid bowl game. Uh, pretty good season for Notre Dame. I, I don't think you can complain about their season. No. Uh, you really can't. And going into the year, I said 10-2. and two. Yeah. And uh, I'd be happy with 10-2. and two. That's where they ended up. Happy 100%. with it. 100%. Another game we'll recap is Washington at Washington State. Uh, Washington did cover. Uh, and won the game, in fact, um, I believe. Yeah, they, they uh, well, they were favored. Oh, they were favored by a touchdown, sorry. Yeah. But they covered the spread and won the game, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, it was like 31-13, wasn't it? Yep. My, I did not jinx Jacob Eason like I thought <coughs> I would in that game because I'm really high on him. Uh, that's a big win to close out the season. And then shortly thereafter, Peterson resigns from the program at Washington after that big 31-13 to 13 Yeah, I heard he just kind of gotten a little bit burnt out and just wanted some time to recharge. you got to respect a guy. And okay. he even made a comment, and, and this is not quote for quote. He even made a comment that he said the players are in better hands with the coach they have coming in there. Uh, I think, is it one of their coordinators that's taken over? Yeah. So been with him for a long time. So it sounds like it was – well communicated within the program and they had a plan for it it wasn't like a spur of the moment thing like he passed the torch on to one of his assistants kind of like what bob stoops did with lincoln riley 100 percent, and maybe even urban meyer but there was some shadiness going on you know going to ryan day yeah that kind of thing so i think he left the washington and you know while they you know compared to two or three seasons before this one it wasn't as good of a season they finished seven and five but I think he's handed it off in good hands. They win big, 31-13, to 13, um, and they finish the season 7-5. and five. I actually won that bet against you. You had Washington State. Uh, what other games did you want to talk about? West Virginia uh, continues to surprise me as much as I hate to say it. Um, they beat TCU when they were 12-point dogs. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, they beat them 20-17, to 17, and they are 12-point dogs. So while West Virginia is not going to a bowl game, they beat did beat a very good TCU team who was playing for a bowl game. Now neither team's bowl eligible. And I think uh, old Coach Neal has West Virginia in a good spot for next season. Um, any other games you want to talk about uh, before I talk about this 15-year uh, streak ending? Uh, let's touch on the Ohio State-Michigan game. Oh, yeah. And, and, then we we'll t- and then we'll touch on the Iron Bowl, and then we'll get involved. In I watched that game. It, it kind of – Saturday, I was actually felt worse about the tech UVA, the tech loss to UVA the day after than I did the day of. But uh, it kind of paid me to watch college football for a little bit. But I did watch that Ohio State Michigan game, and it was, um, it was, to be honest, what I thought was going to happen happened. A uh, higher state continues to not show any flaws. They and don't. They didn't show any flaws except a little bit defensively. Now, if you think about this game. It was a 29-point loss, right? Yeah, 56-27 to 27 in favor of Ohio State. Yep. Right, so 29-point loss. But in the first half, it was a very competitive game, and Michigan made a couple of crucial errors. Jumping off sides when Ohio State was punting, that ended up giving them a first down. Ohio State goes down the scores before the end of the half. You know, those types of things where Michigan was just flat-out beating themselves – in that first half, and I thought it was a little bit more competitive than a lot of people just look at the score and say Michigan got blown out. I don't necessarily see it that way. I, I, I really do think that, you know, first half mainly, it was a very competitive game. If it weren't for Michigan making bonehead errors, yeah, then – I agree to some extent, but – Justin Fields, though, my God. Ohio State had two touchdowns every quarter. They scored 14 points in every quarter of that game. So there is no slowing down that offense, whether Michigan was making mistakes or not. To drop 56 on a ranked Michigan team, and Jim Harbaugh continues to struggle with that that rivalry. 0-5. Man. I I just don't – Ohio State's covered the spread in every game this year except for Penn State. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the game they had some turnovers. So I don't know. If it were me, I think Ohio State looks like the better team than LSU currently. Oh, I could not agree more. Could um, not agree more. And then uh, Minnesota eliminated themselves from the college football playoff and the Big Ten championship game, losing to Wisconsin, which is the team that Ohio State will play in the Big Ten championship game, which we will, of course, talk about soon. But 
Um, that should be an interesting matchup, but I, I don't see Ohio State being slowed down at all. But good win for Wisconsin. They won 38-17. to Do you have any thoughts on that game? I mean, watching? Jonathan Taylor, over 200 yards again. Um, Minnesota didn't have any answers for him. Jonathan Taylor had over 200 total yards, right, because he only rushed for 76. Yeah, he had over 200 total yards. Yeah, yep. So. And they had no answer for Jonathan Taylor. You know, it caught up. You know, Minnesota had a hell of a year. Um, but they were susceptible defensively, especially up front. They don't have the size up front to really slow down a team like Wisconsin who's just going to hit you in the face. Um, overall, um, good year for the Gophers. I think they're trending in the right direction yep. big time. Yep. And uh, Minnesota fans should not be upset uh, based on what's, you know, what's on the horizon. Back to my comment of Ohio State being better than LSU. LSU took care of business as well, winning 50-7 to against Texas A&M. Just, I mean, they I, I thought, handled them way I, more than Clemson handled Texas and Way more than any team has handled Texas A&M. Kind of makes you think, what part of that is Texas A&M checking out? I, I think Texas A&M mailed it in at half and just said, fuck it, let's get this thing over yeah, with. That's a big win for LSU. Uh, it looks like it's a collision course for LSU-Ohio State in that national championship game. Um, one team we will not see in the college football playoff. Thank God. Is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They lose to Auburn. I watched this game, too. Uh, <clears throat> Talk about a highly entertaining game. 48-45 to 45 was your final great entertaining game. At the end of the game... This is the difference in the game, and you don't see Alabama do this much with the game on the line, and this is why Nick Saban was infuriated. But there's like a minute and a half left. It's third and like four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third and three, third and four, something like that. Auburn's up by three, and Alabama goes offsides, and Auburn gets the first down and takes it. Well, they no, had it was too a, many men on the field. Too many men on the field, I'm sorry. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah, because... That's a terrible penalty to have at that point of the game. That's on the coaches. Oh, yeah, because it, he, he, here's what Gus Malzahn did. He put his punter out as a wide receiver. And it confused him. And it confused The coaches him. couldn't get him corralled. And, and, and they the couldn't get him corralled. And then whenever they shifted back to it, Jalen Waddle was just... Or, excuse me, the punter was originally in punting formation shifted out to a receiver, and then Jalen Waddle didn't get off the field. Everyone else went out and changed, and then that was that. And Alabama credit get to a Gus Malzahn. That was a savvy, savvy move. Well, well done. He outcoached Saban. And, and Saban was infuriated. That, you know, that's uh, too many men on the field costing you a chance to get the ball and one last time. And, of course, Saban does what Saban does and bitches whenever they lose and so on and so forth. But, yeah. So, anyway, he just got outcoached. Simple as that. And then uh, the final game for Tech UVA, and, and maybe I'll spend too much time on this game, but, you know, I'll, we'll try not to spend way too much time. But, um, you know, I said last week that, you know, the Hokies were the favorite. Uh, I wasn't 100% confident in this game because anytime you beat anyone – 15 years straight, you just feel like you are you have to lose at some point. I yeah, mean, I mean, and they probably should have lost last year. I thought last year was probably the game. Tech should have. UVA was the better team last year, and Tech had a lot of things <clears throat> go their way and probably shouldn't have won that game. They did. I think this year Virginia Tech was the better game team, and they lost the game. Um, and I said last week, Bryce Perkins can't do it all. He cannot win the because that's all they have. I feel like on the offensive side of the ball, they all, have they have talented receivers. I think they have some talented receivers, but Bryce Perkins hasn't been known to throw the ball twenty yards plus downfield all year. Um, if you look at Power Football Focus statistics, Bryce Perkins all year has had a completion percentage rate of one point six percent on throws. Big-time throws is what they classify it as under power football focus of 20 yards plus, 1.6. So he's not known to complete big-time throws downfield. He completed about three in the Tech game. So I got to tip my hat off to Bryce Perkins. I said he couldn't beat the Hokies by himself. Well, guess what? He did. Um, he was amazing. He, he, he ran the ball the first half. Virginia Tech came out. And said, you know what? We're not going to let you throw the ball. Bryce Perkins made him pay. He accounted for for like 98% of their total yards in that game. Bryce Perkins alone. Um, 
Bud Foster adjusted, and then next thing you know, UVA goes three and out, you know, five of their next seven possessions after those runs he had when Bud Foster adjusted. And then Tech scored 17 straight points between the second and third quarter, and you're thinking, okay, here come the Hokies. They're going to win the game. And then UVA coaching staff says, you know what? We got to let Bryce Perkins throw the ball downfield, even though he hasn't been that good at it. And that was the only it. way that, that was the only way they're going to end up winning that game and uh credit to Bronco Mendenhall and that whole Virginia group man. They did um, something they're not comfortable with doing with Bryce Perkins and they he did it and and Perkins executed when he did it the most. He threw for 311 yards. He had 400 some plus of their 400 some plus total yards. I have the stats right here. It was crazy. Um he accounted for 98% of it. They had 492 total yards. Bryce Perkins accounted for 311 of those in the air and 164 of those in, in, in running. So he only <laughs> accounted for almost literally all the yards. Um, so, you know, and then kudos to the coaching staff. I feel like UVA was a little more prepared for Virginia Tech's offense. Virginia Tech came out with their smoke and mirrors offense with Hendon Hooker, and UVA shut it down and uh, was prepared for it. Um, but I'll tell you what, I would not trade programs – I kind of wish, bit. from a tech perspective, from a Virginia Tech perspective, especially in the fourth quarter, because I, I watched the entire, the entire game, and I thought that they got a little conservative in the fourth quarter uh, with some of their play calling. They weren't yeah. going down the field like they were um, in the start of the second half. Um, just, I, I, I don't know if... I just felt that, or if you felt that too. I thought they got a little bit conservative, and... I. Part of it maybe was, you know, Hendon Hooker showed a little chink in the armor a little bit with throwing a few picks, and you don't necessarily see that out of him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I did think that they, um, they had a chance to, to really step on the throat a little bit, and credit to Virginia for not allowing that to happen. Yeah, uh, Bryce Perkins made those deep, deep throws when he needed to the most. And that's something he hasn't done all year. Look, this from that, where that game was in the first half. What was it, thirteen to six? Yeah, thirteen six in the first half, and then boom, offensive explosion by both sides. It was incredible to watch. Very fun. Great game. game. To watch. Um, you know, I, I UVA is a good team. I think Tech's a little bit better of a team overall this year, but the better player won this game. The team with the best player won the game, not the team who had the best overall team, in, in my opinion. Uh, so tip my cat to Bryce Perkins for making those throws. I do think a couple of the review plays were didn't go in our favor. Well, one didn't go in Virginia. Exactly. Favor, well, there's three plays. There's three plays that were under review. Two of them went against Tech, and one of them went uh, against UVA. So, you know, I, I'm not going to look at that any – you know, I think all three review plays they got wrong. Mm -hmm. One favored – UVA or two favored UVA, one favored Tech, um, but that's neither here or there in the game. I just feel like UVA was more prepared defensively. Their blitz packages were great. Hinton uh, Hooker saw some blitzes, and the offense, young offensive line of Virginia Tech has saw some looks they've never seen before. So good play calling from a blitz standpoint at UVA. Uh, they were prepared for the smoke and mirrors offense, and Tech was kind of forced to to do some things they're not used to doing, which they did well at first, and then. I don't know. It was just a well-fought football game. Put it this way. I'm interested to see one more thing about the game. Two more things about the game, really. <laughs> one, Virginia Tech's best defensive player didn't play. Uh, first team All-ACC. He may be second, third team All-American. Caleb Farley, our best shutdown corner, did not play. And, and I know Bryce Hall's out for the year for UVA, but we knew that going into the game. I didn't know Caleb Farley wasn't playing until the game started. Nobody did. Apparently he had back spasms and couldn't play. And you kind of have to wonder if those big downfield throws Bryce Perkins threw, if those were completed, if Caleb Farley's in the game. We'll never know. But regardless, he put the ball on the money. I think that one throw on the sideline, I think regardless of who was covering that man, Bryce Perkins made that throw. He put it perfectly on the money. Um, he took, And he also hit two big posts down the middle of the field. One for yeah. a touchdown, I think one. That. And that and that actually falls on our safeties, not mm -hmm. Caleb Farley. So right. I think on those two, even if Caleb Farley was in there at defensive back, I don't think he could have stopped that because that was our safety's fault. I said all year, Virginia Tech's biggest weakness is their over-the-top, down-the-middle secondary and their safeties, which is funny. That's where our only senior is at. Um, and 
while they improved as the season went on, they took a step backwards heading in this UVA game. They played like they did in September, mm-hmm. not like they did in November. Um, they just disappeared again. That over-the-top secondary uh, really disappointed me in Floyd and Diablo. Um, and Bryce Perkins capitalized on it when he typically hasn't been able to with throwing the ball. Um, and then, you know, the final thing is, um, you know, I'm, I wonder how you – and this is not a bash on UVA because Bronco is a hell of a coach and I think they're growing. I wonder how good they're going to be without Bryce Perkins next year. Um, it, it's going to be hard to tell. I mean, for a player who has been the focal point of an offense for a couple of years now, going – any team. It doesn't matter who, what team we're talking about. Any team is going to regress a little bit when they have to go in a different direction. 100%. And – I think Broncos a good enough coach to, you know, develop the players, and I think they're going to be okay. They I, don't be surprised if UVA is in a real rebuilding year next year. And trust me, I know all about rebuilding years. Tech was in one last year, but not only do they lose Perkins, but they lose Du Bois and Reed, their top two receivers. Mm-hmm. They're seniors too, right? So they just their top three offensive playmakers are gone next year. So. um while UVA broke the 15-year streak, I feel confident that Virginia Tech's program will be in better position next year than UVA. Therefore, I would not trade places uh, with UVA right now. Um, but UVA is your Commonwealth Cup champs. Enjoy it. That was a good win for them. Final score is 39-30. to 30. Um, They deserved that win, and now they have to face Clemson. <laughs> so yep. with that being said, let's take a short break. Um, Hopefully the Hoagies can uh, rebound. I, I like where our very, very young team is at, and UVA should be proud where their very experienced football team is at heading into the postseason. And we'll take a short break and talk about this conference championship week. What do you say? Sounds good, man. Here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. Okay, welcome back to Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. It is now conference championship week. So we don't have a lot of games to cover, but we're going to cover every single one. Hopefully we get some wagers out of it amongst one another. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, if we don't end up having any bets this week, I guarantee you that we will have plenty whenever it comes to bowl season. You got it. So, um, I don't know. How do you want to do this? You just want to go based on schedule, based on when, when games are being played? Let's do that. Yeah, so, we'll just go straight down the list. So, in the Pac-12 championship, it's two teams that we expected to be there. However, we did not think Oregon would have two losses going into this game. We got Utah against Oregon. Fifth-ranked Utah Utes against the 13th Oregon Ducks in the Pac-12 championship. They have Utah favored at 6.5. It's on Friday at 8 o'clock. Utah's playing for a college football playoff spot potentially. Uh, what do you think about this game? I, this is a great conference championship game to start conf- it uh, championship is. week. It is. Week. You know, I'm going back and forth on uh, do I think Oregon's going to be able to, to hang in this game? I do. But Utah has just been absolutely murdering teams. They are really, really good. You know, Utah is one of those programs where they're not going to be consistently in the college football playoff picture um, because – they just don't have a wealth of talent around them out there in terms of recruiting and things like that. Kyle Whittingham just develops players. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. And hell of a coach. And I'm going back and forth on who I like in this game because um, I think Oregon has the potential to win this game straight up um, without even covering. I know Phil's pretty confident – and he's going with Utah. What do you think, Jameson? I like Utah uh, just based on defense. That's what won championships, right? Justin Herbert for Oregon uh, is probably one of the best college football quarterbacks there is right now. However, he did throw a couple of bad yeah, picks in that loss. He, he, he's thrown 31 touchdowns and five picks, so he doesn't throw them a lot. When he does throw them, though, it's in big-time games against a really good defense. So out of all the defenses he's played so far this year, I would say Auburn and Arizona State's probably the best defenses they played this year. Would you agree? 
They both lost those. They lost both those games. Right, and and think about this too. You know, we'll get into who likes what in this particular game. Each team averages thirty five points a game. The over under set at forty seven. Interesting. I think I think they're putting that on Utah's defense, slowing the game down. But you know, as good as Justin Herbert is for Oregon, he has struggled against the good defenses, and um, he threw two critical picks in the Arizona State. Uh, game while Arizona State isn't perfect Herm Edwards has that defense playing well and he struggled against that defense imagine what he's going to see when he's faced against this Utah defense who's known to force turnovers that's why I like Utah in this matchup I think they win by 10 I don't think it's a big win I do think it's a two possession win uh give me the Utes yeah I'm there I'm there with you um I tried in my little opening to this game to get you to go on the Oregon side but think about this all right so they Utah averages 35.6 points a game. Oregon averages 35.8. Total yards per game. Utah, 453.6. Oregon, 452.3. Wow. So, yeah. From an offensive standpoint, it's pretty equal. Yards allowed, Utah, 241. Oregon, 331. That's the difference in the game. Yep. I, I like Utah as well, um, and they're playing for a lot. It will be something special for that program to make it to the college football playoff. A team that once, not too long ago, wasn't even in a Power 5 conference. Now they're on the verge of potentially making the playoff. If they can you know, win here, and I, I think if they win, they're in. I, oh, yeah. I, I think if they win, they're in. LSU and Georgia is going to play each other in the SEC title game, and I think the loser of that game. Well, well, if it's LSU, I think LSU stays in. Right. You may see two SEC teams, but we'll talk about that SEC matchup here in a little bit. So no action on that one. The next game we got is uh, Baylor. The Baylor against Oklahoma in the uh, Big 12 championship game on Saturday. It's your first game on Saturday. Noon kick. Noon kick. I don't think it's going to be a sleepy start in for AT&T, either of these guys, No, though. no sleepy starts. Not on conference title matchups. Um, it's at AT&T Stadium. Yep. Seventh-ranked Bears against the sixth-ranked uh, Sooners. Sooners. Jalen Hurts has been kind of, you know, turnover happy. Uh, and the spread is Oklahoma, nine points. What do you think? You want me to tell you what I think? Yeah, go for Give it. Give me Baylor all day, every day. Really? Now, remember, Baylor and Oklahoma played each other somewhat recently. Yeah. I mean, Baylor had a huge lead in that game, took their foot off the gas, got uber conservative, and that always comes back to bite you. But – is that game as close as a game if Jalen Hurts doesn't have those crucial turnovers? Last time they played, he fumbled on the goal line. He had another turnover earlier in that game. I don't think that game is as close if, if he doesn't turn over the ball. What I like about Baylor is Charlie Brewer, they got to let him play for four quarters. you got to cut him loose for all four quarters. I yep. think they did take their foot off the pedal like you said. But they also got to be able to adjust during the game for him. He saw some different looks come at him in the second half that he couldn't adjust to. So, But I still like Baylor and Charlie Brewer to, to keep it within nine points. What do you think? I think I'm with you. Yeah. I see this being like a 34-30 type game. Oklahoma wins. What was the score of that? Phil doesn't have any action on this. Phil doesn't have any action. What was the score of that? Uh, here it is. It was so the last time they played it was thirty four thirty one Oklahoma, and they had to come back after a twenty some point deficit. Right. They also turned over the ball two crucial turnovers, so mm-hmm. it probably shouldn't have been that close. So, but I still like Baylor. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on this one, buddy. No action in the no Big action. Twelve title. Okay, so we may not have a lot of bets. Let's step out of the Power Five and go to the Sun Belt Championship I game. I love this game. These two played each other earlier in the year as well. We have the 21st, 21st-ranked Appalachian State Mountaineers against the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. Last time they played, uh, Appalachian State came out on top 17-7. to uh, That was about the fifth game of the year. The spread is Appalachian State is favored by six. So they covered that spread earlier against the Raging Cajuns. Yep. Can they do it again? Absolutely. Give me App State. All day at Kid Brewer Stadium. 
and Phil likes App State as well. Okay, so there's no action in the Sun Belt title game as well. You're not taking UL off yet? No, dude. It's funny when and Billy Napier. Last time he's fighting t- Billy Napiers. Come on. The, the, the last time these, Come on. These last time these two teams. <laughs> I'm not doing it. The last two teams, these two teams played. Phil and I did the podcast. You were out, and we threw this game in last minute. They played on like a Wednesday night. We recorded the podcast on a Tuesday, and we randomly threw this in. And I took Appalachian State, and they indeed covered. I think they cover again. I think they cover easily. Yeah. Yeah. You sure I, you don't want you have no, off yet? No, but they, I don't know nobody. if they're going to cover that. I, I put that. That may be my lock of conference championship week here is the mountaineers of app state billy napier might be the next head coach <laughs> in the old, happening. old miss rebels uh, mac championship mac action here we got central michigan miami ohio it's funny these teams are seven and five and eight and four and they both have two losses in the mac either the mac is really doo-doo or they're just really uh there's a lot of parody there i don't know which one i don't watch a lot of mac um, unless it's a slow Tuesday night during the season, I'll watch a little bit of it. But uh, we have um, – where is it? You don't have it listed here on your list. No, oh, shit. No, I don't. Probably because the spread wasn't out yet, but there is a spread. We this It looks like this would just be something between you and I. Yeah. Central Michigan's favored by six and a half. Give me Central Michigan. Give me Miami, Ohio. All right. <laughs> just for that. I don't know anything. It's not even on our list, but we're going to bet on it. That way we have some action. I'll ask Phil if he wants uh, if he wants in Maybe on. Maybe he wants to jump, jump in on it. Since I will, there is action now. If I told myself, Patrick, whoever you take, I was going to take the opposite just for the sake of betting. But uh, I do like Central Michigan. Khalil Pimpleton, receiver for Central Michigan, he has seventy three catches, seven hundred and seventy one yards, and a, six touchdowns. He actually transferred from Virginia Tech. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a good wide receiver for Central Michigan. They actually put up a good fight against Miami, too. Miami, Florida. And now that – so I, I do like Central Michigan, but I'm going to take Miami, Ohio, for the sake of betting, see what happens. I got six and a half points to work with. So, you know. same Same thing, I guess, this one didn't come up. Uh, UAB and FAU. Conference USA Championship? Yeah, what are you thinking there? I like UAB. And the spread is seven and a half in Florida Atlantic's favor. And, you know, they're I led like by AB as well. They're led by Lane, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So we both like the underdog in that one. Yeah. All right. No action there. You should take Florida Atlantic since I took. Fuck it. Yeah, man. Come on. I let you have first dibs in the MAC championship, and you give me first dibs in the USA championship for the sake of betting. What is it? Seven and a half? Yeah. You got Florida Atlantic. You got the favorite. Who the hell are they playing? UAB? UAB. <laughs> okay, and then the most <clears throat> intriguing conference championship game that's not a Power Five, the American. You're all about the American, baby. You got Cincinnati, 20th-ranked Bearcats, which to this day, how are they still ranked? I do not know. They absolutely got slaughtered by Ohio State. They Everyone lost, gets slaughtered by They lost State, to Memphis though. earlier in the year. Did they just lose to Memphis? Didn't yeah, they last just, week. So they're playing back-to-back. Um, and uh, Cincinnati's almost lost to a ton of other teams. They should have lost to Temple. They should have lost to East Carolina. Somehow they're ranked 20th in the country. They're nine-point dogs against Memphis, who's looked really good. Memphis is ranked 17th in the country. They're 11-1. and one. Um, they beat SMU back when they were undefeated earlier this year. Who do you like in this matchup? Memphis. I like Memphis too. Memphis's only loss was to Temple by two points. Yep. Yeah, I like Memphis. I think Cincinnati is the most overrated ranked college football team by far. I could, yeah, I can see that. I mean, look how bit bad Ole Miss is. Now, Ole Miss is a power five. They're bad. They beat him by five. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it baffles me why Cincinnati is ranked. I know we were kind of high on them early on, but I think, excuse me, uh, that was Memphis who beat Ole Miss by five. Interesting. But still, uh, remember how high we were on Cincinnati after they kind of, I know they Phil, beat UCLA by 10. Phil had the like a super hard on for Cincinnati for like six weeks. Now, yeah. Even after they got slaughtered by like, Ohio Anytime State. we'd start talking and be like, all right, Phil, hand check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they don't look good. 
So we don't got any action on that one? No. No even, action. Phil didn't even take Cincinnati? Nope. He 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 finally got off that train, huh? Yeah, he he jumped off that train. He doesn't get the heart on anymore. SEC title game, college football playoff, hopes on the line for these teams. I think LSU is in regardless of the outcome of this game. They are undefeated, the second-ranked team in the country. They play the fourth-ranked Bulldogs, who are 11-1, 7-1. Their only loss was to South Carolina um, in the SEC. Uh, so, you know, LSU is favored by seven. Is that what you have on the sheet? Yep, that's what you have on the sheet as well. So that line has not fluctuated since it's come out yet. Phil likes Georgia in this one. Really? Give me LSU. I'm staying away from this one. It's going to be a hell of a football game. It is. But I'm staying away. And uh, I'll give you my reason. LSU's defense is suspect. I feel like Texas A&M kind of mailed it in last week a little bit. I think they can be had defensively. And I think Georgia... They are extremely limited offensively. But I think they have one of the top defenses in the country. And they're going to be able to spread out their defensive backs against all those receivers for LSU and make this game a little bit tighter. Do I think it's going – I think LSU is going to win. I don't know how, by how much. That's why I'm staying away. Georgia defense is really, really good. We, we all agree. Probably the best – Maybe the best defense in college football. Here's the thing about Joe Burrow, the quarterback for LSU, is his play-banking ability I think is a little bit underappreciated in the sense of he can make a play when the play kind of goes to shit, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. He can scramble a little bit. He can buy some time. He can dump it off. He's a good decision maker. His play-making ability I think is good enough to be able to manage that really good Georgia defense. Um do you think uh, – we both agree that LSU is in the college football playoff whether they win or lose this game based on the resume being undefeated, whereas Georgia has to win again. Yeah. Do you think Georgia plays a little harder and motivated than LSU with both teams kind of knowing that in the back of their minds? I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, I, I think LSU is looking for uh, – they are on a war path, in my opinion, where they're just – They're I like mean, Ohio State. There's not many flaws. Except defensively, whereas with I mean, Ohio look what Texas did to LSU earlier, and Texas is a seven and five football team, right? So and they barely won that game. Yeah, I I want to take LSU. I'm not that confident, but I'm going to take LSU. You and Phil got some action on that one. Glad Phil's on the board. Yeah, we get a little bit of action. All right, what what do we got next here? We got the uh, what is it? The uh, Mountain West Championship, yeah, Hawaii and Boise. Mountain West Championship game, 19th-ranked Boise State Broncos versus Hawaii, who's 9-4 and four unranked. Um, you know, when I was high on Boise when they beat Florida State. Come to find out, Florida State still has not improved from the year before. So that win wasn't impressive. Then I saw Boise kind of struggle against teams like Marshall and Air Force throughout the season a little bit. And I got I, I thought Boise was overrated. And actually picked uh, Boise to lose, or at least not cover a lot of spreads this year, and they in fact did. The only loss did come to BYU, twenty-eight to twenty-five. But shoot, you're playing against thirty-year-old men when you're playing BYU mm -hmm. uh, in any athletic sport. Sixty-five is the over/under on this one. That's a lot. That is a ton. What's the spread? The spread 14 is fourteen. Game I is being played in Boise. So back to my comments, I I kind of underappreciated Boise State as the season went on. Now they kept proving me wrong. Meanwhile, I don't know anything about Hawaii. Nothing. I Their mean, quarterback I'm, can sling it. He throws it to the other team a lot, though. Yeah, 13 picks this year. So he has 3,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, 13 picks. McDonald is his name. He, lo he looks like a Hawaiian. Yeah, he does. Is he Hawaiian? He has to be. Look at that hair. Yeah. From <laughs> from everything I've heard about him, he likes the ladies as well. I'm sure most of these guys do. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to stay away from it. I, I, I got I, Boise in this. Did Phil have anything? No. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about Hawaii. And Boise has proven me wrong one too many times. So I'm going to stay away from it. I got the Broncos covering easily in this one. 
Um, okay. So there you have it. Moving on. In a game I thought my Hoagies would be in, and to be honest with you, without devaluing what UVA has accomplished, I thought Virginia Tech would put up a better fight in this game just because I think they're just more balanced. Uh, but UVA has the best overall player than Virginia Tech and Bryce Perkins. We talked about it earlier. He's good. Can they keep it within 28 and a half against the third-ranked Clemson Tigers? I don't think so, unfortunately. The Wahoos are now ranked 20. I'd like, I'd like – I think it'd be really good for the ACC if Virginia can keep this close, or at least respectable. Um, but I think Clemson is out for blood at this point. You know, they're just they're they're kind of, Dabo's pissed. Yeah, that he Clemson as they look, they haven't played anybody, so they tried. They thought Texas A and M would be a better resume builder than, right. than it ended up being. So you can't blame them for not trying to put together a good schedule and how the ACC's played out. That's not their fault. They've covered these huge spreads almost every single week. So like, what else? What else more can Clemson do to prove that they're like freaking good? Yeah, they're really good. Um, I think Virginia is a little bit underrated on defense. Um, but I'll I, I admit to that. The, the, here's the thing about Virginia is their defensive front shows so many different fronts and split schemes that if you have a little bit of an unexperienced quarterback or uh, a quarterback that's not used to having to stay in the pocket and progress through reads on a regular basis, that can give a quarterback like Hendon Hooker for Tech, who's more of an RPO, mm-hmm. quick release, smoke and mirrors type of offense, that can give quarterbacks like that a little bit of a fuss, which it did for Tech. So I will give him credit in that regard as well as, you know, Bryce Perkins just being a baller. Um, but I don't think Lawrence is going to have that issue with that UVA defensive front. So Lawrence is experienced enough and has seen it all. Yep. He's not going to have trouble the, the, with it. I think Virginia's biggest issue in this game isn't on the defensive side. It's on the offensive side. I'm very much concerned with – and I, I'm pulling for Virginia to make this a really good game. I am. But I am very much concerned with Clemson's defensive line against Virginia's offensive line. Yeah. I think that That's is... That's going to be bad news. That is... And, and, and Virginia, if Virginia's offensive line was just a little bit better, I would say, well, maybe... Because I think Bronco is going to go for it on fourth downs. I mean, he's got nothing to lose. Right. I mean, right. and I, I think he should. I mean... Right. He's not necessarily playing for anything. They're going to the Orange Bowl. So. Yeah. And, and Virginia Tech, they didn't take advantage of – I wish they would have taken advantage of EVA's weaknesses a little more in, in the Tech-UVA matchup. But Virginia Tech didn't take advantage of that offensive line early on. They kind of dropped their defensive backs in coverage. And, you, and Bryce was able to kind of wiggle around and made some huge runs. And that's what he's known to good to really well – that's what he's known to do really well. But then – when they started to put pressure on him and on the offensive line, we started doing shutting him down three and outs, and we actually sacked Bryce Persons three or four times. We forced him to throw a pick. I, I the just difference think... is is that UVA Bryce Perkins made throws that he's not used to making downfield, and I don't think he's going to be able to make those throws again back to back weeks against a Clemson defense. And you're right, everything you said, I 100 percent agree with. I think that's going to be the major downfall. I wouldn't be surprised if UVA scores less than 14 points. Um, What's the over-under, do you know? Over-under on this. 55 and a half. It's about right. Yeah, That's I, about right. I, I like Clemson to cover. Mm-hmm. I like Clemson to cover. Um, I do. But I, I don't – UVA fans shouldn't be that upset. This is a good season for Sorry, them. Lou. I can't, I can't put anything on the who's this week. Um, I, I just – I think Clemson's just – they're on a mission. Yep. So. Do you agree that Virginia Tech would have – I still think Clemson would have beaten Virginia Tech pretty soundly. But do you think think Virginia Tech would have been a better matchup for Clemson? Top to bottom. Possibly, just for the simple fact that I think Virginia Tech's offensive line is better than Virginia's offensive line. Slow, yeah. But it's not – I mean, it's pretty daggone close. Um, I I do. I think it might be a little bit – of a better game, but right. I not think drastically. No, yeah, uh, not at all. Um, I, I just think that Brent Venables, when he has to scheme against one player in particular, I mean, he's going to try. He, he's going to take Bryce out of the game. He, Bryce isn't going to be able to run the ball unless it's off of a broken play. And I hope that 
I am pulling for Virginia to win the game outright, but I don't think they, I don't think they will. Obviously, yeah. I, and I think they'll not be able to cover. So let me ask you this. Sorry to get off topic here. UVA loses. Okay, they lose pretty soundly. Let's say they drop out of the top twenty-five rankings. Mm-hmm. This is just me trying to piss off UVA fans, particularly mm-hmm. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, which. I think UVA is capable of making this game closer than it appears. I don't think they will, but I think they're capable. I, I agree. When you have a, a baller like Bryce Perkins. While so what's, he, your, what's your question? So my question is, they lose soundly. They drop out of the rankings. They get slaughtered. The rules state the Orange Bowl has to take, if they don't take the ACC championship champion, which they're not going to because Clemson will be in the playoff, they have to take an ACC team, and it has to be the highest-ranked ACC team. There's not going to be any more ACC teams ranked if UVA falls out of the rankings. So, therefore, they have their choosing of the crop. Do you think there's a possibility the Orange Bowl takes Virginia Tech anyway? I don't think they should. They I don't the think field. they should. But no, And I don't, I don't think, think they so. will. But wouldn't that piss you off as a UVA fan? I'd be pissed. Oh, yeah. I would be pissed. I mean, frankly, Virginia beat Virginia Tech on the field. They shouldn't bump them in a bowl. 100% agree. The so. Commonwealth champs should go to the Orange Bowl regardless. That's just how – if it doesn't happen, I'll kind of have a smirk on my face being a Tech fan, but I don't think it would be right um, for because these bowl games picking teams based on selling tickets and uh, to just juicing up the matchups or whatever isn't right. You should take the better performing team. But anyway, mm-hmm. sorry to go off a tangent there. Something to it, think about, though. Yeah. It's, it's, Technically, it's, the Orange Bowl would not have to take UVA is what I'm saying. Right. But they should, and I think they will. Um, anyways, Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State at Wisconsin. I'll tell you what. Let's take a short break, and we'll dive into the uh, Big Ten Championship. Let's talk about the Army-Navy a little bit game a little bit too, even though there's not a spread out because that's in two weeks or a week and a half. But we'll close out this podcast in the Big Ten Championship game. A lot on the line there. Uh, and then we'll do a closeout with a two-minute drill. Sound good? Sounds good. Here on Cover 3 You. The College Football Degenerates. Okay, we're back here. Cover 3U, the College Football Degenerates. We'll talk about our final conference championship game here on Conference Championship Week. The number one Ohio State Buckeyes undefeated take on the ranked eighth eighth ranked Wisconsin Badgers who are 10-2. Jonathan Taylor, probably a favorite in the Heisman early on, kind of slowed down as the season went on. He has 17 rushing yards, over 1,700 with 20 touchdowns. Meanwhile, Ohio State does not look like they have any flaws. Justin Fields is just tearing it up right now. The spread is Ohio State is favored by 16.5. You have to think Ohio State's in the playoff no matter what. Yep. Same thing with LSU in the Georgia game. Wisconsin's playing for a New Year's Six Bowl and a Big Ten title. Yep. Um, do you think they can keep this spread within 16? I do. I mean, the only team to keep it within the spread was Penn State. They kept it within 11. I think if Wisconsin's going to cover this spread, they're going to have to force some turnovers. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor's going to have to have a big day slowing the game down, running the ball, and Wisconsin's going to have to play a little bit of defense. You've got to limit the Ohio State possessions is essentially what you have to do. 100%. And what we were talking about during the break I think is a real possibility where Ohio State gets up big, and sometime, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, late third quarter, they pull Justin Fields. They start pulling some of their starters, resting them up for the playoff. And I could see Wisconsin coming back and getting a backdoor cover in this. Give me the Badgers to cover the 16-and-a-half. Interesting. You know, I, I wanted to take Wisconsin, but I didn't think 16-and-a-half. Phil, Phil has uh, Ohio State, just FYI. And I'm going to take Ohio State as well. I I wanted to take Wisconsin because I think it's not a smart smart bet on my part. I I don't think it's a dumb bet. Here's the thing about Wisconsin: I think they have the tools and slowing the game down with their running game. I think their defense is good enough to maybe force a turnover or slow the game down a little bit on that side of the ball. I just don't think 16 and a half is enough. I think this is going to be a 20 point, 21 point win for the Buckeyes. And I Vegas st- is begging people to take Ohio State in this particular yeah, game. Yeah, they are. 
they are. And um, I would not put a whole lot of money on this, but you know what? We're putting five bucks on it. So give me the Buckeyes. They have not shown any flaws. Um, if yet I this if year. I had any other, let me just let me just say this: if I had any other bets on the board outside of Central Michigan beating Miami of Ohio by more than six and a half, and then FAU beating uh, UAB by more than seven and a half. I wouldn't have bet this game <laughs> on our particular thing, but that's all I've got. I gotta, I gotta have a little action on this. Well, so. you got it, brother. I got you it. got doubled up. I Phil and I have up. the Buckeyes. Um, only other game really is in two weeks. You have the Navy Army game. There's no spread on that game. Do you have any thoughts on it? Do you want to make up a spread it, on the fly here? Bet uh, on it. <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorite games to watch every year. Um, you know, it's. It's a game filled with tradition, filled with uh, the patriotism that w- we all, I think, take for granted. hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, all I know is, no matter who wins or loses, I mean, it's just a fun game to watch for every American. Yeah. Who do Navy? Navy's going to win. Navy's not. <laughs> Navy's ranked. Tw- I don't, Army's been known to to Army, muck Army's it up. Won the last two years. Yeah. If but, you had to put a spread on it, what would it be? I would say Navy by six and a half. So you're okay. Navy minus six and a half. Yeah, that's not enough points. If you get double seven. digits, if you got double digits, I'd, I'd take on it. <laughs> anyways, that closed out uh, our wager. So we got a little bit of action. Looks like we a little have bit. four games that we have bets on uh, during conference championship week. We'll come back with either one or two we'll podcasts. Just roll into it. You want to roll into the two-minute drill? We're at least yeah. going to do one more podcast, hopefully two. We're going to see how schedules work. Well, the, the, you, you got it, man. You were the winner last week with the two-minute drill. What do, you, what do you want to talk about? Well, just another thing that we were talking about in terms of uh, expanding the playoff. You know, I, I think, you know, you hear the argument where it's going to water down the regular season if you expand the playoff. I disagree with that, and, it, and it's just for this simple fact. You're going to have more teams, more fan bases, paying attention to more games later on in the year and even earlier on in the year. Whereas right now, you know, there's so much talk about the top four, the top four, the top four. And if you listen to the national media, that's all you hear, right? What about the top four? You're not hearing about, there was some talk about the Virginia Tech, Virginia game, but not much. No. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think, you're going to have the opportunity for what makes college basketball so great. It's a Cinderella story, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, I just don't want to devalue conference championship week and I don't want to devalue the regular season, but you know, it's going to give more teams all across the country, the opportunity to get in and have their shot at the big boys. And that's, I think it's just going to grow the game even more and it's going to make it, I, I think it's going to grow the interest. Big yeah. time. I, I, I do like the idea of somehow getting the group of five teams a more legitimate shot. Right. But they I, have I, I don't think I don't think Central Florida not having a shot when they went undefeated that year was unfair. I would like while I'm not a big advocate for eight teams, mm-hmm. I am an advocate for something, whether it's going to five or sixteen players. And I would just I would simply do this. You, you, all right. You have all power five conference champions. They get an automatic bid. Just like the NCAA tournament. Then you have three at large. One right. must have to go to a right? group of five, I think. I think one Possibly can... only if, only if that group of five team is undefeated. Or, yeah. Or and they have to beat at least two undefeated, power five Undefeated or ranked in the top 15 or something. Right. And the committee ranks the top eight, right? Eight goes to play one at their home field. Seven goes to play two at their home field, so on and so forth. Six plays three at theirs. Five plays four. And then... You go right into how the current structure is with the playoff and have them at the bowl sites. Yeah. Well, I, I'm open for something. I, I don't know if I'm open for eight, but I'm open for something. I just think it's going to keep more people engaged throughout the year. Well, congratulations on Notre Dame's 10-2 regular season. Yeah, um, and, and I, congratulations to Tech on a, on a solid year. Yeah, you know, if you would have told me eight and four, I think that was like worst-case scenario for Tech without there being some question marks. But that – is a better eight and four season than 
outside of looking in. It was in. weird eight and four, but it ain't four. The way look, the way they turned it around, the way the coaching staff adjusted who played quarterback, their play calling, their defensive scheme, their adjustments, their player improvement is a big thing. Gosh, their players got better as the season went on, and we weren't seeing that in the first four games in Blacksburg, but we're clearly seeing that now. I am heavily, heavily optimistic about next season. I'm very happy, even though eight and four doesn't sound great. That's, I'm happy with this eight and four, and I'm looking forward to seeing how. I don't know what it. It's been a long time since I, we've lost UVA. I forgot what I felt like. I, I remember it a little bit, but shoot, social media wasn't even around last time UVA mm-hmm. beat Tech. So it's kind of nice for the streak to be over in a way because now I can. I can't remember the last time what I feel like how it felt to take the cup. The mm-hmm. Commonwealth Cup from UVA after they won it. So it would be nice to have that feeling again next season because it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so here, that that wraps up the regular season here in Cover 3U, our first season ever. Next podcast will be all about the bowl games. Um, enjoy Conference Championship Week, Pat. All right. You as well, buddy. We'll see you next time on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates.